0: Hi, welcome to The Questionable Show, uh, episode 6.5. I just recorded the uh, episode 6 here pretty recently, so I wanted to go ahead and, well, I have a little bit more time before uh, today's streams. Today is Wednesday, September 16th, Uh, so I have about an hour before the streams come on. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and record uh, an episode of the podcast for the ultimate Weeks task. Uh, in this uh, quick episode, we're going to be covering uh, the first Tier 1 task, which uh, states the League has a rich and fascinating history, and our perspectives on it differ from person to person. Describe any significant non-playoffs moment in ISL or DSVL history, whether you were around for it or not. Describe the context, the significant members. The events, and what exactly made the event so famous or infamous, once it deserved to be remembered. Um, and I think uh, for this episode, I wanted to go ahead and go back to the first episode of the podcast, which was a uh, collaboration between myself, uh, Rampage, Colbert, and Dwyer, where we uh, covered pretty recently afterwards the uh season 22 draft this was at the time the most recent our NFL draft it was a giant draft with uh, a 284 picks at the end of it so 284 prospects in the draft as a whole uh, even though I would definitely say that uh, about 24 rounds and there was about six quality rounds six or seven decently quality rounds Uh, at the time. So, in that podcast, the four of us went over the draft and looked at uh, our favorite and least favorite picks from the draft at that point in time. And I think we've talked about these RNFL drafts as very big shaping moments in league history, especially the most recent few. Uh, And these big draft classes, I think, deserve to be considered and looked at in kind of retrospective. Uh, there's a lot of uh, different ways in which this, uh, this class and these classes do really affect the league as a whole, just because of this sheer size and the amount that it can impact individual teams. Uh, and given that uh, that this was the first draft for two expansion teams. Uh, and especially given that the S25 ISFL draft is coming up here so soon, with two new expansion teams drafting in that draft as well, uh, it's going to be interesting for all these teams to look back and see the kind of uh, the the kind of successes and advantages uh, and failures uh, that came out of this draft as a whole. So, I wanted to go ahead and go round by round uh, through the first uh, six rounds, essentially. So uh, I'm going to go through rounds one, two, three, four, five, and then kind of six plus, uh, and just look at six, round six, and beyond and I uh, wanted to go ahead and look over who at this point in time has sh- has shown to be the biggest uh, gainers and losers from these for these uh these rounds, so digging straight into round one. Which I think was definitely the most discussed about round out of all of them. Not only just being part of the point task, you know, there's always the mock draft point task, uh, but also just this was a class that I think there was a lot of mock drafts for this class, so especially you'd be looking a lot at who was in these first one or two rounds, who were the best prospects out of all of this giant class. Uh, and uh, it was settled pretty early on on ice stegosaurus called mendoza going first to austin and magnus rickia tesla following shortly thereafter and those are both excellent picks uh, and really throughout this whole first round uh, most teams really did a great job of finding the right people for them if i was going to say the biggest uh the biggest gainer or the biggest kind of steal of the round i would have to say that philadelphia i think did the best job of executing well on their early picks, which they definitely needed to because they had two picks in this first round, picks three and four, and they had uh, they had a pick in the second round, the 18th overall pick. And after that, they really, they really didn't have picks for a while. And so that really hurt them. I think their next pick was in the fifth round, if I'm right. And uh, so they really needed to execute on these first three picks, and they did a great job of that. Uh, they picked up matt cross joe Ebb with the first pick and they picked up brandon booker memento Mori with the second pick and i think uh, definitely the second of those two is is the um, most impactful given that uh, maury has taken over as the gm for philadelphia after the departure of hall monitor the season so i think those are the kind of things we really really want to look at as far as who's making the biggest impact uh, stegosaurus did a great job has done a great job of making a, a good impact Austin uh, is a big part of the culture and a part of the uh, front office there. Uh, I think really teams in general did a great job of picking the right players that were going to perform for them. There really only are two kind of drop-offs here uh, when we look at uh, where players went and uh, how much value they've added. Uh, I was curious as far as mo matrix uh, impact, uh, he's only at about six hundred and forty six TPE which puts him pretty far down in the list as far as top earners uh, but I think the voiceless creator brings a lot more to that team than necessarily the TPE earnings and he's playing at uh, offensive line at this point I think he's drafted he's drafted as a defensive tackle initially but um yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think we can definitely I don't think we can dock that against Colorado I don't know that he was necessarily on most people's uh, was high, as high in, on most people's lists for uh, Colorado but uh, really settles in uh, and has performed really well at defensive tackle and now at offensive line for Colorado and that's gonna be somebody that's gonna be making a really positive impact on that team for a long time. Uh, The really big two missteps here are going to be San Jose and Honolulu's picks in this round. Honolulu uh, picks at number seven overall here in the first round after moving down. I believe they were the ones that were making the trade with... I want to say they were making the trade with New Orleans. Uh, They were at one of the first two picks and they ended up moving down here with one of the two teams moving up towards those top two picks, and so they're going to go ahead and pick up Fatboy here, which at the time I think was a really amazing pick for them. I think that's who a lot of people thought Honolulu would target at the top of the draft if they were still there. Uh, and so for Fatboy, who was the best earner in the class at that point, to fall to Honolulu at 7 was really amazing for them. Uh, he since changed his name if you're going to be trying to look him up in the index uh, to Momona Keikikane. I believe that's the right pronunciation. But, anyways, bad luck is the user. And uh, he's kind of stagnated off at about 343 TPE after going inactive in about May or July, somewhere in that area. But, anyways, early summer, uh, they unfortunately went inactive. have not been back to the site so really uh, really hurts to not have your first rounder fortunately he isn't a defensive tackle and I feel could still be making an impact at 343 I haven't taken a look directly at uh, Honolulu's depth chart but certainly 343 is not out of the realm of possibility for a player still being able to make an impact uh, at uh, at that position, uh, unfortunately for San Jose, who picked at number five overall, uh, their player there has certainly fallen at a level of earning that does not make them particularly usable at their position. Uh, they selected Chester Suites here, user Revolution, uh, who's fallen at 321 TPE after going inactive at around the same time, so in about early May to June. Uh, And so, really, really hurts for a team to pick up a position, I think, of long-term need for San Jose. They've been able to fill this eventually uh, with a player that I'll talk about later, but losing that first-round pick, essentially, uh, and, and really losing that to a player that's really not of use to the team uh, especially when they're inactive um, really unfortunate for San Jose and they lose a really important pick in uh, this draft overall uh, as they don't pick again until the end of the second round so there's a big gap between this first pick they have and the last pick they have in, in, or the, the next pick they have in this round which is at the end of the second round Uh, Fortunately, that's their GM pick, so it doesn't really matter too much that that's going to fall back that much. But overall, really, you do want to be getting more value out of those higher picks. And uh, just fail to find it there with Chester Sweets. So that's the first round overall. Uh, To highlight any other users in this first round, you have Johnny Helzepopping going 11 to Yellowknife, who has been the... Uh, The ISFL streamer for a good amount of time and uh, is now a a Head office intern. I Don't remember if he's a full-time member of head office at this point or not Um, But I think should be shortly Somebody that definitely is a full full member of head office and has been for a little bit now is is Exilizer or Dered DeVille who's done a great job for Baltimore on the field and is uh, definitely a great user there Um, and i think that uh, does it for the first round looking at the second round here definitely a lot more question marks in the second round uh there really aren't any users in the second round that have kind of fallen off Uh, pretty much the only one is Thubba bumper who was taken at 14th overall to colorado and uh, Bauer is at this point retired after switching to running back for Colorado. Uh, and he, uh, he ended his career at about 460 TPE. So really ultimately a useful, a usable player. Uh, bumper got up to 100 speed and has been helping in, kind of in the backfield for uh, Colorado this season. But uh, as Bauer is retired and recreated, that player is going to kind of fall off there. So that would have to be probably the biggest kind of uh, drop for a player. After that, uh, there is White Goodman picked at 13 overall to Honolulu. Uh, And... Definitely, I mean, I mean, when you look at picking up Gucci, who's has now become a GM for Honolulu, it's absolutely like hard to say that this was um, a pick that didn't work out for them because it most certainly did work out for them really well. I think it's a matter of where they took the running back. Uh, the next running back wasn't taken until mid fourth round at pick 42, so there is a uh, almost 30 pick gap between Goodman and the next running back. But i think uh, ultimately honolulu just had to grab their user there so i can't really fault them for that uh two uh two pickups that um definitely worked out for the teams in the short run Uh, number 16 overall and number 22 overall with uh, tyler olez going to uh arizona and big ed going to orange county these are picks that really uh did quite well for their teams in the short term that they were there but unfortunately olez left after i believe just one season and has gone has gone on to chicago only to be uh traded from chicago to san jose uh, i'm presuming on his own request uh which is really really unfortunate for uh both arizona and for uh chicago ultimately chicago doesn't lose much because um they actually gained draft capital from it and picked up Oles in, uh, in free agency after he used his player option with uh, Arizona. But really a big misstep from Arizona to not have the kind of, uh, perhaps the kind of scouting to understand the players' wants and needs uh, and provide for those in the long term. I don't think Arizona comes out of this draft too bad because they had just a sheerly ridiculous number of picks. When we look at Ole's here at uh, number 16 overall, that is uh, that is Arizona's third pick at this time, as they picked at six overall and had an additional pick just before this pick at 15th overall, and they're going to continue to pick actually quite frequently throughout the rest of the first few rounds, and has really set them up for a good trajectory if uh, the the. Uh, front office can really and I think, right the ship a little bit uh, from where they stand right now. But they've got a lot of talent uh, especially a lot of S22 talent as we'll see. Uh, but then again, yeah, and then you have Big Ed who spent a couple of seasons, even won a defensive tackle of the year award in Orange County before ultimately demanding a trade and being traded to Sarasota. So not a drop off for the player specifically but definitely a um, hurts to lose a player uh, that you drafted so highly so quickly. Um, Yes, so I think that about does it for the second round. Uh, Other users to highlight here in the uh, second round, uh, Ben Slothlessberger going uh, 17th overall. New Orleans essentially kind of used this as like a GM pick, uh, picking up their quarterback of the future, who just started uh, uh, being uh, put in the lineup this season. A lot of people thought that uh, that Slothisberger, I, I think like at least like 90 to 95% of people had Slothisberger going at 12 overall, going at the very end of the first round to New Orleans. But ultimately it's gonna be uh, them being able to pick up uh, Mithrandir, Andrew Witten uh, with that pick, which is a great job by New Orleans to still uh, grab the uh, quarterback of the future and also grab an excellent user and cornerback for them as well uh and then of course this is going to be where the gm picks fall so bailey uh and uh both the jack brothers going uh to their uh their teams the teams that they gm for and so that does it for the second round uh and a lot of good picks there really uh really not any big missteps as far as players falling out of activity but a couple of really uh of bad situations with team with players leaving their teams that drafted them quite quickly. So we uh, start looking into the third round here uh, and start off with a pretty big misstep here with Furferson, uh, player Buck Thornton, going at the first pick in the, uh, in the third round to Honolulu who has really just had some bad luck in this S22 draft and I think has really has hurt Honolulu a lot and put them in a, in a kind of weird position where they have a pretty decent core team, but I think really need uh, to have some good drafts this next couple of seasons and develop those players uh, before they're really going to be able to compete in the ASFC. Uh, again, they did just barely end up out of playoffs, but I think that was a lot of luck on their end. Um, it just kind of ended unlucky at the very end, but... Um, really a lot needed more to develop that roster. But Buck Thornton uh, is a player that's gone inactive in June uh, after reaching a peak of 467 TPE. Again, like a barely maybe kind of useful player that you can slot in at Nickelback, but ultimately not somebody that's capable of having a terribly big impact on the team uh, and is just not gonna go up from there now that they are inactive. And uh, going down the list, another really big, kind of messy situation, which is going to be Quinn Hughes, user Isidore, going to Arizona. And this is one of Arizona's many, many picks, even. This is just their second pick in the in the third round, even, uh, after grabbing Sandro, Ryu, who's done a great job for them. Uh, but Quinn Hughes was a player that I think did really, really well for them, and the user was uh, really kind of on fire for them. Until uh, yeah, they kind of just burned out all at once. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, many of the people, if any of the people listening to this might uh, remember. Uh, Quinn Hughes, Isidore, uh, eventually stepped up actually pretty quickly to take over the co-GM spot for Arizona, and ultimately just one day left a left a very quick retirement without notifying anybody on his team without notifying his co-GM at all. Uh, it was just a quick retirement post that just said bye. Uh, and it was kind of a, it was just a really weird situation. Uh, and so ultimately that player is unusable for Arizona. And uh, they've, they've I, I, I'm not aware of the situation behind the scenes too much, but uh, a, a person, an individual user that came in and had a big impact on the team only to leave it at a really bad position. Uh, and uh, we are hoping that history doesn't repeat itself in that uh, in that regards, looking uh, to uh, their next GM that took over for Isidore, uh, has just at this point stepped down from that position this last season, uh, and so really a, a quickly rotating carousel in the front office there, and uh, really drives you to consider what uh what might be causing that kind of carousel so hopefully uh hopefully some some ability to right the ship as far as the front office i think that's going to be a big concern for uh, arizona in the future and that all kind of starts here with this draft and the way that these users impacted the uh the outlaws especially if the user like gives the door as far as any other players that have kind of dropped off, uh, there is Byron Dahls, who hasn't earned the best, but is still at 530 and an offensive lineman and has had, had a really good season on the field. So, a player that maybe not had the kind of types of earnings uh, or TPE pick of some of the people around them, but has nonetheless had a really excellent uh, on field career and has done a good job for Baltimore. So, hard to argue with that. When we look at the best of the best in round three, I'd have to absolutely uh, highlight uh, Michael with the block, whose uh, user is uh, uh, Sakrasing, who has done a great job of earning, of course, and has been an excellent wide receiver, I think a wide receiver of the year candidate, and has done an an excellent job of of eventually taking over for rain delay becoming the uh, co-GM for the Sarasota Sailfish so definitely somebody that deserves to uh, be highlighted there and somebody that's done an excellent job and was an excellent pickup for sarasota grabbing him from the kansas city coyotes here at the very end that was 36 overall uh the very end of the third round there and yeah overall i think a really great job a lot of great wide receivers you see william Lim, eddie jita michael with the block great wide receivers going in this round that moves us on here to the 4th round, uh, which is really solid in its own right as well. I think generally the 3rd, 4th, and the 5th round, or uh, mostly the 3rd and 4th round, is uh, and the 2nd round is where a lot of solid picks were made and teams really did a good job of finding players to fill out the roster and even fill out some leadership roles. Uh, and so when we look at the 4th the round, I think there's really... there's a few questionable picks in here when you look at, especially look at earnings. Uh, at the very end of the fourth round, there's literally just a Hexagon user, JPac, whose player hasn't earned that much, but I think it's still a huge impact in New Orleans. So I'm not going to stay on that too long. I think they've grabbed the right person for them, and that player ultimately is is still earning at a steady enough rate that that, uh, that Hexagon will be able to make a really big impact of safety for them. And then there's, uh Cadillac Harris user. They had a different name, but I believe it's now user. The username is now Warner. They've they're at about uh 535 TP and they've actually gone inactive. They haven't been seen on site since July 16th. So that's a user at a very awkward position. Where they're definitely better than some of the other secondary that I highlighted as 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 busts earlier on. Uh, so they're kind of usable, kind of in a usable position, but also just if that's, if that is not going to keep running, uh, that's a player that you eventually are going to want to have to replace, which is unfortunate for that team. Uh, Calvin Galladay, a player for Arizona, is still active, is at about 556 TPE, is in a kind of similar boat to Byron Dolls, who I highlighted earlier. hasn't hasn't at this point had the same on-field success, Uh, but that might be due to Arizona's earlier pick. Again, I said, Arizona has a ridiculous number of picks. They actually have three picks in the fourth round. Uh, And right before grabbing uh, Galvin Galladay, they grabbed Bruce Buckley, who I think is definitely my steal of the round here. Grabbing Nicholas the Great, a user who's put together a really great offensive lineman and been a huge impact to that team's uh, offense as a whole, I think. But uh, yeah, not necessarily getting the kind of earnings they want out of Gallo Day, Gallo Day, and yet even as a bookend with Buckley, not, I'm not really fussed about him not earning at the maximum levels. He's doing a good job and doing uh, performing enough for an O-lineman, for sure. Uh, and then that gets us to Austin, who I think didn't really do a great job in this uh, 40 round. Uh, They spent a little bit of capital to go up and um, get Colt Mendoza and did a good job of still holding on to enough. Uh, I don't know where exactly they got other value from, but they must have had some duplicate picks. Because they still had a pick in the second round, still had a pick in the third round, and had two picks in the fourth round, uh, even after moving up to number one overall. I think they gave up a little bit more uh, of their future capital and uh gave up uh, a lot of their picks later down the board as these two picks in the fourth round are really going to be their last impactful picks of the round uh scratch that it's their actual last picks of the entire draft and uh they're not a great couple of picks for one the 43rd overall pick tommy sakamano is a player that has gone uh, pretty fully inactive don't believe is even on the team roster at this point i don't i think they might have signed into a short-term contract but anyways did never get up to a usable level of tpe as a uh to have an impact in the isfl level uh so unfortunate that that uh, is the pickup there i'm sure they would have rather picked up uh, either one of the o-linemen that arizona picked up and i think they might have uh kind of scrambled to make sure they pick up an o-lineman in this draft but ultimately, none of the alignment were left after Galladay were capable of making an impact uh, in TPE earnings. And then, right before grabbing Tommy Sakamano, they grab Kishwa Jones, user Houseour, who h- hasn't done a terrible job, um, but has stagnated at about five hundred forty-five TPE. And they will, in this like the next draft after this, grab a running back that is going to supersede Kishwa Jones pretty quickly, um, that being Kyan Prax, Zoe Watts. So yeah, a running back that I think, given that this is the second running back coming off the board, and now Kishwa Jones has fallen to the seventh running back by earnings, and really does not seem to be accelerating at all. In fact, uh, Kishwa Jones is inactive as of right now, not having been on the site since August 14th. So a player that's in a pretty decently like uh, a pretty decent level for a running back and can definitely make a lot of good impact for a while as a, as a second running back. But ultimately when you look here towards the end of the round uh, at, at, at what they could have grabbed, which were two of the top three uh, running backs by Ernie at this point as the, at, the, at this time of recording which is Tatsu Nakamura and Akira Skyline uh, going to Orange County and then Yellowknife Wraiths, respectively, back-to-back here at the end of the fourth round. So a pick that I think uh, Austin would probably, uh, could have invested better in a a better player here, given that, uh, yeah, the uh, five, there were five running backs that have now surpassed Keshawn Jones in earning most of them by a decent margin. That were still that were still on the board at this time for uh, Austin, so that's definitely going to lead into two players that I think have uh, really made a great impact for our teams and were excellent picks uh, where they got them. Acura Skyline is most likely going to be taking over a lot of the running back duties before too long in Yellowknife, uh, depending on the situation with Hanyadi. Uh, and Nakamura has been doing an excellent job, uh, if I may say so myself, as myself, uh, as the RB one for Orange County, pretty much since he was drafted. Spent a little bit of time building up some TB, as running back too, but eventually took over in his rookie season and uh, has led the league in rushing in two of his three seasons in the ISL, which I think is incredibly impressive. Uh, yeah, this is just me tooting my own horn at this point. So, uh, let's see if there's any... Uh, uh, Skyline is someone that quickly became an HO intern and later took over as the head of banking. So, an excellent pick for for Yellowknife, grabbing their their guy there. Um, and I think uh, Sean Dawkins at the beginning of the first round. Uh, if you look at the, both of the safeties that were taken recently before him, Buck Thornton and Quinn Hughes, two people... I had to highlight as people that, uh, players that dropped off really heavily. Uh, Honolulu kind of writes the ship on a few really bad picks and picks up uh, Sean Dawkins, who's gonna be able to take over as a really excellent safety for them uh, and has already been performing really well statistically for a while. Um, and then of course, Bruce Buckley, who I hi- highlighted earlier, uh, is a great pick in the fourth round. And that uh, moves us over to the fifth round as uh, so I'm going to kind of go through that more quickly. Uh, a, couple of, uh, uh, a couple of really fall-off picks here. Um, I'm not going to criticize these next few rounds as terribly, because there's a lot more kind of taking a chance, but I definitely would have to highlight uh, Joey McCabe, who I don't think ever even cracked 200 CPE. It uh, was an offensive lineman that was drafted here by... Uh... Can I find it? that's the question i just lost track of it joey mccabe was actually taken in the sixth round i was looking at the wrong uh wrong list but in the fifth round uh it's uh tom sofa taken by philadelphia i believe they eventually traded this player to sarasota uh actually really quickly after the draft and then tom sofa just very quickly went inactive and uh kind of pushed Sarasota into having to make a weird plan to move over Dexter Banks from wide receiver to quarterback, and uh, has been definitely an interesting uh, period for them since then. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan Altidore, who was taken at the very end of the uh, the fifth round by Philadelphia, so he kind of had to question uh, where their scouting exactly was in these later rounds. Uh, but uh, Jonathan Altidore quickly went uh, inactive as well, and has not been a factor uh for that team yeah went inactive at about 239 TP has recently been seen on the site that's pretty interesting i wonder if they recreated uh someone recently uh they came on to retire Altador fairly recently but um yeah just never reached a, a terribly high level of earning or a place to be able to make an impact on Philadelphia. Uh, However, when that's noted, there was a lot of really excellent picks here. Uh, James Angler has been a really excellent tight end for Sarasota. They've been able to use him incredibly effectively this season, uh, as I think he's been a top three uh, receiver as far as uh, yards. And uh, more great picks here. Maddie McDermott, who's an excellent user is uh, an interesting pick, of course, as a kicker-punter, but nonetheless has, uh, I'm sure, made a great impact in San Jose, and I believe they chose to actually protect him. So it's definitely valuable to the team. And then uh, you have the the kind of controversial pick here, which is Zamir Kayla, who is uh, a user that uh, certainly didn't have a lot of friends. Going into uh, uh, as far as D, as far as ISFL GMs, uh, didn't have a lot of war rooms that uh, thought that they would be able to work well with him after making a lot of uh, conversa- uh, controversial kind of um, comments on forums and on Twitter and wherever else, and uh, this can kind of continue to be that way. But uh, I think Arizona has kind of embraced. That uh, he remains somebody that uh, is a great teammate uh, and really fights for his team and is just uh, just a big trash talker. And uh, I think that can be quite enjoyable from inside a team, speaking of somebody that was his teammate in Portland for a season. Uh, so I think has made a huge impact for Arizona, uh, despite them needing to pay him a really big contract to stay in Arizona. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, for a fifth-round pick at the uh, 54th overall, I think is really great for Arizona. Kind of one of those opportunities you can take when you have so many picks. Uh, And then uh, also Claude Miller, the second, who was taken 52nd by uh, Arizona. I'm not sure if they're still with them, but has been doing quite well in earning as a defensive lineman. Uh, And then there are a couple of picks here in the end that I never knew how they quite fell. This low, and that's going to be High Hoshti's Nick Capricolin and uh, P Money's Patrick Money. I think I think P Money is the username as well. Let me uh, double check here. Yeah, P Money is the username. Patrick Money is the player. Either way, these are both ISL GMs now. High having won an expansion bid for the Berlin Fire Salamanders, and uh, P Money recently taking over uh, for one of the spots in Yellowknife. And these are players that are taking Capricolin at 57 overall to Baltimore and 59 overall to Yellowknife. Uh, ultimately, kind of Capricolin follow, follows the same logic as some of these players, uh, like Ole's or uh, other players that have left their teams fairly rapidly, as uh, now Capricolin ultimately makes a hole in Baltimore, the, the team that drafted them. Uh, but overall, for a 57th overall pick, I think uh definitely has to be a steal and somebody that we have to highlight nonetheless as a really amazing user uh that was kind of slept on in this draft and p money going 59 overall to Yellowknife is just uh pretty uh ridiculous uh, and i don't know how that happened uh if you look at the d lineman taken before him if you look at just anything about that user um somebody that uh Yellowknife absolutely did a a great job of uh, picking up there So uh, when we look at um, the sixth round and beyond, again, don't really want to criticize this too much. There's a couple picks. Uh, again, I had mentioned Joey McCabe earlier on, an offensive lineman that never really panned out for Sarasota. Just uh, went inactive, I think, was inactive or went inactive shortly after this time. And then there's uh, Eric Barlow, uh, another Sarasota pick here in the sixth round. Who immediately that season that he came into Sarasota made an impact on the field and I believe was a pro bowler uh, as a rookie, which was pretty amazing. But it's just, it's a matter of, uh, of, of I believe, Thayeth is how he pronounces it, pretty quickly retiring uh, after the. Um, he was a, he was a user that applied for expansion actually and s22 was looking for one of the expansion teams that um, came into sarasota and was uh, unhappy with uh, the situation there and quickly retired after that uh has since come back in the league and is actually a part of the s25 class kind of uh an interesting thing uh for uh, there to be a user that's both been in the s22 and s25 classes so we'll see uh we'll see how he's valued in this next draft he falls um, and uh, how he can make an impact in the isfl this time around uh, the big thing that we can highlight is a lot of really great uh, grabs by teams here down the draft um, a couple of running backs uh, that have been really amazing julio t who's been a top six running back in earnings and definitely when you go down to the seventh round pick 74 overall jamar laxon who is a GM for Minnesota and is now the top earning running back? Not to mention second overall top earning in the class. Which I know, Lacson keeps saying that he's been audited and it's fine. But like, I don't know, man. Um, uh, I don't know how he's. I don't know how he's passed me that far. Uh, I know I missed uh, like a PT, but, but he's like eleven. TPE ahead of me. What's going on, man? What are you doing? Um, I don't know. loxon went on some crazy juice or something after that, and uh, just earned at a crazy pace after the draft, and has done a really good job earning uh, rookie offensive rookie of the year for San Jose last season, uh, and is doing a good job this their workhorse back there. Um, a few other players, I think, to highlight here. Uh, down the board a little bit, Matt Krauss to San Jose at 84 overall. Uh, the user there is Reaper, uh, Reaper11B, who uh, I've talked with a couple times uh, and seems to be a really good guy for San Jose. Uh, Damon Brooks, who was a wide receiver that has, I believe, moved down to defensive line. Was drafted by Honolulu at 91 overall and eventually moved over to Chicago. Um... Suleiman Ramza, picked at 94 overall, was a Philadelphia pick, uh, the second quarterback they picked, and the one that actually worked out, uh, although they did eventually trade this player to OCO, and he'll be making his uh, debut in the ISFL this next season, and uh, more more picks down the down the line, Jacob Smollett uh, at 110 overall, uh, was eventually traded to Yellowknife from Sarasota, and has done a really good job at kicker been I think in contention for quite a few awards a kicker every season Uh, and then the player that I'm gonna highlight actually is my steal of the entire draft I think definitely has to be and that's uh, pick 126 overall so this is an 11th round pick and it's gonna be the Chicago picker butchers Chicago butchers picking up Tyron Shields cornerback uh, uh, user the CC who is actually just taken over as a GM for Minnesota has been earning uh, at a really good rate for a player drafted that low. And it was at a, a player that was a really poor level of earning at the time of the draft. Has since uh, uh, passed over, I believe, the 590 TPE mark. So is at a place where they are continuing to build and can make absolutely make an impact. Have been making an impact as uh, mostly a nickelback, I believe but um, absolutely has to be steal the draft when you grab a player that valuable in the 11th round uh, and I think speaks to how well Chicago did down this draft in general. Um, if I was gonna look at uh, probably a biggest uh, flop, it would have to be Chester Sweets to grab a player at fifth overall that's just pretty immediately uh, an unimpactful a player that's unable to impact your team and unable to really play for your team. I think that's a, that's a huge drop off uh, to take it five overall. So uh, yeah, San Jose did a did a poor job I think at the top of the draft and a pretty good job at the at the later rounds of the draft, grabbing um, grabbing Maddie Matt, McDermott, grabbing uh, Jamar Laxon, grabbing George Fisher in the sixth round, uh, grabbing Matt Krause at the end of the seventh round. So they did a much better job. Think down the draft, but some missteps early on, and overall, that's the S22 draft. Um, I'm excited to continue to see how the players, uh, including myself, <laughs> uh, continue to progress uh, in the uh, in the future, and yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's incredibly impactful if you just look at the sheer number of players that have been or currently are Iceville GMs, even in the few seasons since then, the six about six months since. These players have come into the league, uh, I think it's really important to keep highlighting and keep uh, considering how these drafts impact the league as a whole. Uh, I've already w- taken up about 42 minutes of your time, so I'm gonna go ahead and end it there. Uh, hope. Hope this was an enjoyable recap from somebody inside uh, that knows a good bit about this draft uh hope that this is graded for a full 10 points um and yeah thanks for listening and stay questionable